to the program, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and I am super pumped today. We are pre-recording this, but when it's going to air live, it is going to be Holy Saturday, the day before Easter Sunday. Uh, But I am uh, thrilled to be in studio today, uh, certainly with our friend Gavin Burt and uh, today's guest, Pete Connors from Shabby Studios, uh, and Pete is uh, here with me, and we actually are live on Facebook uh, in our pre-recording, but we're on air the Saturday uh, beforehand, so uh, pumped up to have Pete here <laughs> with me, and and again, airing uh, live on Facebook, to, so to our Facebook audience, this is cool. I'm excited. This is something new for us. So... Um, we are going to get started here, and again, this is airing on our radio stations the day before Easter. So, Gavin, uh, you know, what are your plans for Easter uh, coming up here? For Easter, and this is not that I don't have a good relationship with my parents, but usually I see them about a week after because we have a, a family member who has a birthday okay. in early April. Yeah, so, you're going to be on vacation, right? Yep, uh, probably around Cape Cod. So I'll probably be spending Easter alone, which is fine. There's nothing, uh, I don't feel lonely or anything. Uh, if I were spending Christmas alone, it might be a different story. But usually I, it's a quiet day and I go out and find dinner somewhere, which is harder than you would think on Easter finding a restaurant that's open so well gavin again we're on facebook live and people might uh um uh bring them on camera people are asking to come on camera again they were asking everybody was saying to me at home <laughs> what do they look like so I, I had to show gavin for a second well we'll see about uh getting you some guests for dinner and uh gavin but i do wish you a great holiday thank you you as well education leadership and beyond would not be able to uh, survive without you, Gavin, and I certainly know you have a following. Now we're on Facebook Live. He's, he's definitely going to have more of a following. So, well, let's get to it today. Um, again, you heard that opening segment uh, or the opening music when we got started here. Gavin, could you can you run that again? Could you run that music? So, Pete Connors is from Shabby Studios. We're going to meet Pete in the next segment. There you go. It's amazing to hear it. For real. For real. You know. (laughs) So Pete created this. He created this music. That's him strumming the bass guitar. And, uh, um, you know, I had contacted Pete through a mutual friend and, uh, we ran into some copyright issues, and uh, so we had to come up. We had to come up with some tunes here, and Pete uh, ran through a few different uh, types and a few different models. And we're going to get into that in the next segment. But Pete created that uh, for me uh, in his home studio called Shabby Studios, and we're going to meet uh, Pete coming up here. Pete's a musician. He's a talented guy. Uh, he's a father. He's a husband. Uh, he is also a cancer survivor. And Pete is going to tell us that story uh, when we meet him coming up here in the next segment. Um, but he's got a lot to say. He uh, is currently residing in, in Shahola, Pennsylvania. And again, the owner-operator of Shabby Studios. Um, so looking forward to that conversation. In prepping for the show, this is uh, the first time we've talked about cancer on the program. And uh, cancer has certainly touched all of our lives. It is a terrible terrible uh, disease that is out there and there's so many great success stories and I'm sitting next to one of them uh, right now so what I know about cancer certainly again those uh, family and friends that have been touched by it but really um, as a college basketball fan and as someone who is around college basketball uh, the thing in my life that has brought so much uh, attention is that famous Jimmy V speech you know, Jim Valvano was the legendary coach of uh, NC State. Uh, and in the time of that, I think it was in the early 2000s, Pete. Yeah, is that, sounds, that late, sounds about right. Late 90s, maybe? Uh, that sounds about, that definitely sounds yeah. about right. 
because uh, I I had just lost my mother, and I saw that speech. Wow. And wow. it shook me. <laughs> so, and again, it shook him. It shook a lot of people. But Jimmy V, uh, and, and again, I, I know you have, so if you haven't seen it and you are listening on the radio or if you are listening on iTunes or you're on Facebook Live, uh, maybe, um, you know, maybe you uh, uh, punch that up on, on Google and uh, on YouTube. Uh, Jim Falvano's, uh, you know, historic uh, speech there on the ESPY Awards and, and, Jim obviously spoke about that he had cancer and how he was dealing with it. Um, it was raw, it was real, and it was powerful. And uh, a couple of things from the speech I, I took down, and again, uh, we're going to talk to Pete about his battle with cancer and, and his fight and his positivity in there and all the, all the things he, he, he is going through and, and went through. Uh, he even died for a short time. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna get to that. But Jim Valvano talks about uh, you know, that every day you should laugh, every day you should think, and every day you should have your emotions moved to tears. And whether they're happy tears or sad tears, and um you know, he talks about that in his speech and, and he says, Enjoy your life, enjoy the precious moments. Nothing great can never be accomplished without enthusiasm. And certainly uh, Jim coached with an enthusiasm when they won that championship. He exuded enthusiasm. But in that speech, in his own way, he showed enthusiasm for his life, uh, for his battle with cancer. And that single moment, that speech brought so much attention to cancer, to the cancer battle. It brought funding uh at that time again the late 1990s the early 2000s there was a lot of money going into uh, aids research um you know uh different uh, uh charities and such but there was not a, a great amount of money going into cancer research uh we had cancer but there was it was just kind of something that was coming and, along there and not so much cancer research but helping people going through cancer just the support uh, family support, um, group support, making it public. Uh, yeah, so not 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 so much the research of cancer, but sometimes uh, the families get left behind on how to handle it at a family level. Yeah, because you know brothers, sisters, mothers, everybody else suffers, and they don't know how to uh, handle and support you know the victim, and and that really helped to to gain uh, through the American Cancer Society. Um, that's where I learned how they would help you pay for driving to and from your um, your treatments, where I would drive 94 miles each way to go to Sloan Kettering, and I didn't realize that the American Cancer Society would help pay for your gas each way. Our friend Mrs. Maida. Yeah, Mrs. Maida. Information. Uh, yeah, she's the one that, that told me. But um, from the, the um, like you were saying, um, finally there was a consciousness that there was a need for this, and it kind of started around that time. Yeah. And so in prepping for the show, uh, Pete and I had a pre-meeting show to go over some different things, but you know, I wanted to comment on that because it's bringing, bringing the, the world of college basketball and, and my knowledge there and, and you know, watching the SBs being a sports fan and then my, my friendship here with Pete and, and what he's gone to, that, that, that moment that Jimmy V and they started the V Foundation and certainly raised a lot of money. We're going to talk about fundraising for a different type of uh, cancer research uh, here with Pete in a moment. So that's my opening segment. Uh, if you, you, you know, we all know somebody that has cancer, reach out to them, support them. Uh, let's support the, the, the cancer foundations, the American Cancer Foundation, and uh, um, that money and that awareness. And, and like you said, not only support for those suffering with cancer, but their families as well. So this is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. It's always great to be in studio with our guest, and uh, that guest today is Pete Connors of Shabby Studios, Shahola, Pennsylvania. We're going to meet Pete coming up in the next segment. Let's get to it. And again, we're on Facebook Live. Uh, excited to welcome that audience in. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. We will be right back, everyone.
welcome back to the program, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show. It is show number 42 with today's guest. He's in studio, studio, everyone, Pete Connors, Shabby Studios. Pete, <laughs> welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're, this has been a, a long time coming. Yeah, we've, we've been talking to each other for quite a few weeks. And yeah. uh, building for the show, getting ready for the show. We had a chance to meet earlier this week and, and, and talk about some things. And uh, Your beautiful daughters. Oh, they're, they're incredible. And I'm looking forward to meeting your daughter as well. She has uh, some of your talents here. <laughs> but, Pete, let's get right to it. Okay. Um, I know we have a few different stories to tell, but let's start with your music uh, journey. And, and sure. uh, you know, we spoke off air that you knew at an early age that you had just it for music. Yeah, it was my first instrument was a tennis racket. <laughs> I, um, literally, I would s sit on my bed, jumping up and down with a tennis racket, knowing that the the low strings were at the low end, the high strings were at the other end, and I would do Eddie Van Halen jumps on my bed, and I knew from then that's all I ever wanted to do. As a, as a young person, you felt the passion. Oh yeah. Definitely. So, so give us. We, you know, education, leadership, beyond. We're about a fifty-minute show. I know you have a lifetime of music to share, but give us the Cliff Notes version. Tell me about that musical journey from playing the tennis racket to to being part of Mr. Lovejoy here. Yeah. Well, uh, it starts off young. I started playing guitar around eight, nine years old, and then MTV came. Uh, thank God for 1981, because in Bergen County, New Jersey, we got cable first. And I was there in front of the TV when they said, you know, the rocket ship blew off and video killed the radio star and all that, you know, first came on the TV. How old were you? Uh, so that was 11. I was 11 years old. And uh, I'm showing my age. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, um, it was Journey for me. It was Van Halen. It was Styx. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the early bands, but they were all guitar based. Um, so I begged my parents, guitar, guitar, guitar. So they bought me a Mickey Mouse plastic stringed, mm -hmm. four stringed guitar. It was smashed within days. And I said, no, I need a real guitar and we went to Sam Goody remember Sam Goody back oh, in the yeah. day oh yeah got myself a little guitar um, my parents paid for lessons at Victor's house of music in Ridgewood I don't know if it's still there but uh, and I, I started playing right away um, I was playing in nightclubs by by 13 Wow it, it's incredible uh, um, very lucky to have uh, my, my parents let me do that because that's a scary thing um, I, I was hidden into the dressing room until we went on stage brought out because I was playing with 21 year olds and then shoved back in the dressing room or, we, or we'd leave. Um, and uh, I kept at it no matter what. I knew this is what I wanted to do. All my teachers knew that's this is what I wanted to do. So they they helped me through, you know, through school to to get me, you know, on to the next step. Uh, I wasn't ready for college. I knew in my, you know, some kids are ready for college. Some kids just aren't. I knew that I was not in the frame of mind to go to college. I want to keep pursuing music. So uh, right out of school, I started touring. Um, and that's how I met my wife, <laughs> you know, touring through uh, New York State, playing in Buffalo, New York, saw my wife from the stage. We've been married for over 23 years now. Um, have a 17-year-old daughter who also is a musician. Mm -hmm. um, but the journey was incredible because uh, I was in a cover band first where we made fun of disco. Um, but played it heavy where we wore bell bottoms. I had long hair down, you know, to believe it or not, down to my waist. And we were a hit instantly. Uh, we were making quite a bit of money every year. And uh, that's how we survived. And then my wife got herself a great job working at Toys R Us. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, and uh, we were touring all over Pennsylvania at the time from as far out as Pittsburgh, uh, all over New Jersey. We became really, really big. Seven nights a week, but eight shows a week, like two on Friday. Wow. Um, and it's all I knew. We never had a vacation. It was just playing constantly. But every now and then I'd catch myself standing on stage flat-footed, and I'd just look around and say, wow, like I will never forget this. Like I would never want to forget that moment. I did it 
my wife would catch it. She's like, you had one of those moments tonight, didn't you? Like, where I would just stare out and say, I will never take this for granted. We would have a thousand people in front of us, two thousand people in front of us. So, Pete, what what is it about the music that stirs that emotion in you? What what is it? Is it the the electricity? Is it the sound? What is it? Well, there's two sides of it. It's performing and writing it. Um, to be able to write a song is so satisfying. Um, to be able to perform the song is doubly. <laughs> and Pete, let me jump <laughs> that's in a word. for someone who likes music but doesn't know a note from from. Uh, when you say writing music, you're not only talking about lyrics; you're also talking about the the literal music and the sounds. Mostly the music for me. I I work best writing music with people. So like you wrote what we heard to open the show. Yeah, you wrote from that. from beginning to end. You're not just hitting keys and doing things. You you made those yeah. notes. Yep, cool. that okay. that all came from me. So you and I spoke. Uh, you gave me an idea of what you wanted to be the opening of the show, and you shot pretty high. You wanted the Chicago Bulls opening theme, right? Um, uh, do, 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 you, do you want to play the yeah, examples yeah, of, of what you... Uh... Let's do that now. And, and again, I hired Pete to do that. And again, that's what I told him. He said, tell me what the show's about. And uh, here we go. Um, I said, I'm looking for electricity, you know, energy. I want a combination. Uh, go ahead, Gavin. That's cool. The Chicago Bulls. And now, <laughs> heading from Chihuahua, Pennsylvania. <laughs> From Chevy Studios, Con- I, I wanted this energy, something like this. But then the other song we talked about, Gavin, cue that up. Yeah. Little Eye of the Tiger action, right? And right. listen now, listen to that guitar riff right there. Now, do you hear it? I hear it. Not too far from what I wrote. So now, Gavin, now play the now play the uh, the opening tune again. Hear that? Digga, 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 digga. Now, if you hear mine. Oh wait, you're playing. Oh no, this is Bulls. Yeah, no. Yeah, play, Chicago Bulls. Play Pete's tune there now. Hear there's that element. It's closer. It's closer than. What off air when we spoke? So, so in your mind now, when you talk about writing music, we hadn't met, right? Here's this crazy guy doing this radio show. <laughs> how did you build this? Tell me how. Where'd you start? I, well, I knew that you were writing. I'm sorry that you were producing a show that was educational, uh, school based. I knew you would interview professors, um, right? You know, basically. A wide range. Yeah, educational wide range. show, but very and, wide range. And leadership, yeah. I was afraid that we were going to shoot too high, you know, to Chicago Bulls uh, theme and, and have a show about education. And then when I heard more of the Rocky theme, it had that, you know, dun, 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 you know, more of that involved in it. Yeah. So I didn't want to shoot too high um, a lot. When I, when I, I've, I've written for... A French film. I've written for um, uh, a Canadian band, a metal band, and I always interview them and I find out really what their background is and I get to know them a lot. You and I spoke quite a bit on the phone and I got the feeling that it was more of a, a respectable show than just, you know, a full blown sports theme kind of show sure so i i took it down to a to a to a level that i i wanted the rhythm to be catchy that when people heard it you move to it you know that drum beat was actually really hard to program (laughs) um i did it live on my drum set but then um through what's called midi um i edited it into more of a a snappy tight beat um i'm playing both guitars the and then there's a and then I took horns um, and distorted them. And that's how you hear the... So you played the horn and then... No, not physically. Oh, okay. okay. Um, uh, I, on my keyboard, so I, I had the sound of a horn and played these nasty chords but distorted them. I was trying to go very different. So it's me, my element. Where my element isn't always a straight horn, I, I tend to make instruments myself. 
I create uh, instruments uh, out of generic things. <laughs> um, uh, my, my friend from Montreal that I write for always says that, that I, I will take very generic instruments and turn them into different sounds. Well, you'll never guess what the original sound was on my computer. I'll turn them into a completely different tone. So those little that you'll never know what the original instrument sounded like. And I, I turned it into something else. It sounded cool on there, Pete. Pete, so this was the first work that you kind of did in your new home studio. Is that right? I, this was funny because uh, my wife and I, um, I have stop motion video of us, you know, doing the studio. I have to play it for you. It's hysterical. Okay. We'll put it on Facebook. Um, and just as I was midway through finishing the studio, you contacted me and I said, I have to get this done now. So I was climbing over boxes and, you know, other equipment to, to finish it. As long as the computer was plugged in and my keyboard was plugged in and a guitar could be plugged in somewhere, I knew I could get it done. Sure. You know, but I didn't I didn't tell you that, that I had boxes stacked to the ceiling in every room still still getting this done. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, it, things come to me within minutes where for some reason I have a brain like a producer that once I hear the beginning, I can hear the end. And it's a curse that I have. Um, uh, I won't get into a big, long aside here, but when I was in a band called The States, uh, we were from Brooklyn. We were recording at Sony Tree Studios uh, down in Nashville um, uh, with Chris Granger, uh, who at the time he wrote that song, Kiss Me, I Wanna Be Ya. Remember that song way back in the day? Um, he was our producer. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night with this pre-chorus and I woke up everybody and I said, I, I know how we can finish the whole song. And it just hit me from, I hit the microphone again. <laughs> it. it it, it hit me like from a, a dream, and that's kind of how I write. I can hear something and comprise, you know, I, I mean, I can build the whole song in my head just from hearing a segment. Wow. And that's what happened with you. I heard that opening, and I knew how I would build it, where I can imagine you saying, but I did never expect you to go, and, and that's like your trademark. That's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I give credit to Mad Dog Russo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Sports Talk Radio. Gift of the gap, baby. <laughs> Pete, what about um, if someone wanted to contact you at Shabby Studios, how, how would they go about doing that? So I, I have an Instagram page um, that is Shabby Studios. Um, also, I have a Facebook page. That is Shabby Studios. Um, I own the domain, so I'm building a website through uh, GoDaddy right now. Okay. Um, and uh, and that's the easiest way to find me. Okay. Uh, Shabby Studios is very, as soon as you search it uh, through Shahola, I pop up. And then Shabby Studios on Instagram, it, it's very easy. And where'd you come up with that name, Shabby Studios? What's that mean? Uh, the beginnings of me was on my couch in my living room. So I always would make fun of how am I writing this kind of stuff on a couch? <laughs> or then it, I graduated to the the room with the fireplace, and then I graduated upstairs to the bedroom, and 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 but yet I was still writing the same quality of music. I I wrote the credits to a French movie. Um, that and again, let me I gotta clarify here. When you say you wrote the that's the song that's playing while the credits are while people are getting up ready ready to leave okay. where uh, um, the I'm sorry this is the the entrance credits where uh, a person that didn't even speak English sent me a script and wrote me the minutes I want a car crash here I want to hear the bicycle here I want to hear a horn here and then at the end you hear uh, women's heels walking to meet the messenger and she gets shot and that's how the movie starts Wow and I wrote that uh it's a movie called gorgo it, it never made it to screen but he still to this day uh uses that song when people walk in and out of his screenings and i get i get a check in the mail you, you know in, in euros or whatever it is yeah. now um but i wrote that on minimal equipment uh, a laptop and a very small audio interface uh, which is what talks to your computer like no different than what you have right there i i wrote it on that with virtual instruments 
Um, and I'm teaching kids. So I work at Delaware Valley. Uh, I, I help run the marching band there, their sound systems. And um, some of the kids there, I'm already teaching on how to do that on a computer, where I helped a young man buy a very small audio interface on his laptop, and I'm teaching him how to use Pro Tools, and that's one of the many software, that, but that's the industry standard, and teaching him how to record. And the, the minds of the kids today, oh. I, 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 unbelievable. They're going a million miles we weren't this We weren't this smart when we were 11, 12, 13 years old. I, Creative. <laughs> Pete, let me, let me jump in because we're up against a commercial sure. break. And again, I, I'm fascinated with music. I love it. I'm always listening to it. I love going to country shows. You know, I got to ask you, this is a, this is a PG-13 show. It's not, it's, we're not R-rated. But like, how, you know, you, you, growing up in the 80s and 90s, you hear about these rock bands on the road. Like, how wild is it? Like, is it sex, drugs, and rock and roll all night long? Were you out until 5 in the morning and then like up the next day in the show? Or was it kind of like when the show's over, we got to get a rest because we got a gig the next when day? When I was in... The band UUU, the cover band that played disco, uh, even before my tour bus days, it was crazy. Um, every, from Tuesday to Sunday, from 500 people to 2,000 people a night, none of my friends believed it in New Jersey. I would have to bring them out to Pennsylvania to show them, and then I would drop them on their front lawn drunk back in New day. Jersey. But it, it is like that. It is everything you've seen on MTV. It's everything Motley Crue told you it was. It is like that. Even when I started touring in Florida with the band One, um, we, we toured with Seven Dust, we toured with Fuel, a bunch of other bands. It's, it's like that. And you have to right away learn your limits or else you'll get caught up in it. Um, one, of my, one of my singers uh, cost one of my bands our career. Um, because of his addictions, um, mm. you, you hear about it all the time. Um, you have to know when to say when. And in the current band that I'm in now, uh, Mr. Lovejoy, we're all experienced musicians. We've already been there. They're all professionals. Yeah. So we play all over New Jersey, and we're pros. We show up. We set up. We play. We act like we're all doing shots, and we're all hanging out with the crowd. But we're, you know... We're we're more there to perform and make sure we're entertaining people instead of falling all over each other. You know, you, you have we're mature now. Yeah. And if I could ever touch on the youth of America, be careful. Well, we're going to get to that when we end our show because I'm going to I'm going to ask you for <laughs> advice, Pete. We do have to take a break here. Okay. Uh, we'll be right back, everyone. Education, leadership, and beyond. Surviving and thriving. Our first time live on Facebook. And uh, in studio, Pete Connors from Shabby Studios. We'll be right back, everyone. And welcome back to the program, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond surviving and thriving it is show number 42 with today's guest he's live in studio and we are live on facebook for the first time ever i hope it's going all right but uh pete connors from shabby studios is live in studio uh pete we appreciate you being here oh thank you for having me i really i'm, I'm glad this finally came together We've known each other a long time. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of talking and planning here. And you shared uh, some of your musical journey. I'm sure we could have talked a lot more. Um, but you have another story to tell, Pete. You've, you've gone through uh, the past few years of your life has been a little rough. And, uh, yeah. But happy to say today you're a cancer survivor as you sit here. I am. I am. Um, I'll try and do it without crying. <laughs> I tend to get pretty emotional because the, the ride was not easy. Well, um, you're passionate about your music and you're passionate about your health and, and your journey here. Why don't you share with our audience uh, kind of a little bit uh, of, what, of what you went through? So uh, I'll try and get through seven years fast um, the best I can. Um, in 2011, uh, around April, uh, we thought I had kidney stones. For an entire year, I was passing. I was passing what everybody knows traditionally as kidney stones, and anybody at home that's listening knows that pain. It's childbirth for a man. 
It's the 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 worst pain you can possibly imagine. So I was going to middle, Middletown Urology for the longest time, you know, chasing chasing the stones, and uh, it took until December twenty third of that year. So imagine that time where I'm constantly in pain, passing kidney stones, December 23rd of 2011. I go to my doctor and I demand a CT urogram, uh, which is uh, a CAT scan with contrast, where they put the dye inside you. Sure. And um, I get in my car and I start driving home and he calls me, my doctor, and says, you should come back. We got to talk. And That fast? Yeah. I, you, you know where the, the new uh, pump station is right now? I was there. Oh. That's how far away, you know, I was barely that far away. Turned around, came right back, and um, they sat me in a room alone. He came in crying, and he's like, you have cancer. And Just like that. Yeah. Um, and, after, you know, what flashes through your brain is what my mother went through, you know, what my grandmother went through, just now me, you know. That's the first thing that hits you. And uh, he said, you have an eight millimeter tumor in your ureter, which is the tube that runs from your kidney down to your bladder. Now, the width of your ureter is, ex is it's a spaghetti, you know, size of a spaghetti. It's, it's very, very thin. When I got to go to the bathroom, it doesn't feel like that. So, I don't mean to miss <laughs> So imagine eight millimeters being stuck there. That's mm -hmm. what hap was happening. That would grow and break off. And then it would grow over a month and break off. And that was the pain I was feeling every month. He's like, we need to get this out immediately. And the next day I was in surgery. Wow. So it started the, the, the roller coaster where he kept up on it every three months. He would put a camera while I was awake inside my bladder, look around, make sure everything was okay. Um, a little, what they call it, cytology, where they would uh, test the fluid make sure there wasn't any cancer cells in it. We made it until November, and one day I woke up, already admitted, in a hospital room, and he said, there were seven tumors in your bladder. Uh, I think we need to get aggressive now. And wow. he's like, I'm going to send you Sloan, Sloan Kettering. And Pete, let me jump in. At this point, you know, we spoke in our, our pre-show meeting about Lynch syndrome. Did you know at I, this point? You had, I didn't you know didn't, yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I believe at this point, my sister had already had colon cancer. Um, so I knew there was something hereditary coming. Um, so my gastroenterologist sent me for a screening um, where they, you take, you know, six vials of blood and they test your full spectrum of uh, everything in your, in your genome where it's the BRCA gene for breast cancer, it's uh, Lynch syndrome for colorectal cancer. It was all across the spectrum, and I tested positive for Lynch. My sister tested positive for uh, the breast cancer gene, which is the BRCA gene, um, the acronyms like BRCA, and Lynch syndrome. Uh, Lynch, syndrome Lynch syndrome comes in five or six different forms. It's like MR. Uh, six down to I think uh, one or two. It, it's I have the six, um, and it's a precursor to colorectal cancer, and it's you have an eighty-eight percent chance of getting the cancer. Wow, it's extreme. And then there's a list that that you can look at from um, from stomach cancer all the way down to renal cancer. Dozens of different kinds of cancer you can get just from this mutation in your gene and and you lost you lost your mom at an early at an early age yeah but yeah. we we didn't know that she had that it, it, uh dr lynch really didn't come forward i believe it was until 2006 2007 uh and now his son is carrying the torch um, uh, of lynch syndrome and uh so it hit me of course in my renal tract which is a 0.2 percent <laughs> on the scale that you'll get it in your renal tract. The lowest the lowest percentage of Lynch syndrome where yes. that cancer could be. It yeah. turned out that my kidney was the father and I had cousins of tumors going all the way down into my bladder. I entered Sloan right away they said we need to take out your your kidney. That's what's causing all this. Um, but to first do that they had to hit me with a very very high dose of chemotherapy 
um, where a 60 to 70 year old man would take a single dose. They were giving me a double dose. Um, uh, let me know if I'm going too, you know, too far over. But um, so first dose of chemotherapy took it like a champ. It was like I didn't even know what happened. Second dose. Um, and you were commuting back and forth to, from Shahola yeah, PA to, to Sloan. Down to Sloan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just staying positive. You know, I felt like I didn't curl up in a ball and just act like this is going to kill me. I fought from day one. Still playing music? Were you um, still playing music or you had to take a leave? Or? Well, I, I did stop that part of my life. I was, I was involved with Shannon. Uh, Let the music play. He won't get away. Remember yeah, Shannon? Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, was I, love, working... I love how you jump in the song, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you remember that guy? Yeah, and, you, and you sing it. People I'll... tell me to shut up when I do that. <laughs> I was working with Shannon at the time, um, uh, as well as original band, um, fr- uh, one from New Zealand and uh, the one from Brooklyn. Um, Forget about it. And I, I had to stand up, forget about it. Forget about it. He said Brooklyn. Yeah, forget about it. <laughs> Anthony Murata. Hey. hey. <laughs> so I, I kind of had to slow down my life and just concentrate on wellness. Um, so Peter from, you know, Peter's the restaurant mm-hmm. up here mm-hmm. took me under his wing. He's a cancer survivor. Uh, changed my diet. Uh, I was swimming three times a week. Um, I cut all carbs, cut all sugars because you need sugar to form a tumor. That's the basis of how a tumor grows. It needs the carbs. It needs sugar. So I, I was having a rough time going through round two. I got what's called neutropenic fever, which is tough to explain. Um, that is all my white blood cells, my platelets all disappeared. Uh, my fever went up. I ended up being in Orange Regional Medical Center for a week. Um, they thought I was going to kick it then. I went back home. And uh, I called my wife as she was leaving for work, and I said, there's something wrong. I feel like my organs are shutting down. And Did you think in that moment that you, you could die? Like I truly dying? thought that this was it. You thought you were dying? Yeah. I could, I could feel... I, I'm very in touch with my, my body. I don't know how to explain it. You know, some people you can just tell. <laughs> you, know, you can just feel when something's wrong, and... I, I called her and I said, I feel like my body's shutting down. I just don't feel right. And she came back, jumped me in the truck, um, flying on the way to the hospital. My ca- my right caliper seizes up in my truck. <laughs> Remember I told you this? And um, mm-hmm. we end up at uh, the Jeep dealership. He gives me a car, you know, John Foreigner down there, g- gives me a car and says, just leave it at the hospital. Just get yourself there. Wow. So we rush to the hospital and I'm calling Sloan Kettering to tell them what's going on. And my wife is saying, why do you keep talking like that? Why do you keep talking like that? And my voice was like that. But to me, I'm telling them what's going on. I was like stroking out in a way. I was having a stroke where the right side of my face had drooped. I couldn't see out of my right eye. Um, I was paralyzed on the right side of my body. And I handed her the phone. And she carried me into Orange Regional. They put me in a wheelchair, and that's all I remember. Wow. I woke up maybe 72 hours later. Uh, I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> I woke up about 72 hours later in ICU, like an episode of House, um, glass walls, and I was in Sloan, but I didn't know it. And everybody freaked out that I was awake. It was like, he's awake, and they all came running in. And the main surgeon said, everybody get out. And the first thing he asked me was, do you know who you are? And I said, No. He's like, do you know what sex you are? And I was like, no. And it was just worse and worse. So what had happened was the chemo, I was allergic or something. They still don't know. Uh, I was allergic or something to the chemotherapy. It bled into the left side of my brain, shut down the right side of my body. And the first doctor that saw me wasn't sure if I had meningitis. You know, it could have been anything because you're so susceptible to the slightest disease when you're so low. You know, your immune system is at an all-time low, he drilled right into my head. He didn't even wait. I was there 15 minutes, and I have a five-eighths hole <laughs> in my head. Um, what do he, you got, a hole in your yeah, head? I got a hole in my Come head. On. And he saved my life. Um, the poison came right out. Uh, my heart rate came back. Um, I, so I wake up in ICU, and they're telling me I'm never going to walk right again. I'm never going to talk the same again. Bass playing is out like my career is over and I had nothing but foul things to say to this guy. You know, I wanted to be up right away. And I still had the, the, 
you know, the tumor in me. I still had my kidney. Wow. So not only did I have to fight to get out of the hospital, but now August 24th of that same year, I had to get my kidney out. <laughs> so I had two fights coming. So they said I was going to be rehabbing, learning how to walk again for six months. That's February 28th, 2014 that I celebrate every year that that's my new birthday. I left there around March 7th. A week. A couple, yeah. So that's, wow. I forced them to get me walking. Uh, my sister, Lori, Kristen, they were all there with me. My wife, my, my daughter had to walk in days later and see her dad mm. with his head shaved, you know, tubes hanging out of me. Um, and it was the beginning. It was like, this is my new life now, you know, where I, I now know, I now knew that the fight was going to be very different going forward. Um, then I, I got my kidney taken out. Um, and we had to try different chemotherapies where it wasn't. How, be... how soon after that surgery did they take the kidney out? Did you say August? So, so that was August. Um, no, that was April 24th. Wow. It was the so next that, month. That was a rough. So he said ago. to me, how you feeling? My doctor calls me, how you feeling? I said, well, you know, my head feels good. Let's take the staples out. My neurologist checked all my vitals. I was doing very well. And the, the main doctor, Jonathan Coleman, who's on the commercials, if you ever watch Yankee games, they always show Jonathan Coleman. Um, he said, right before you start feeling too good, we're going to take your kidney out. <laughs> you know, they just went right in. And what's the first thing they do when they take your kidney out? They ask you to stand up within an hour. Wow. You wake up in recovery and they go, stand up. Pete, when you, when the cancer was in there and you knew it was in there, I, I remember my dad, you know, he had colon cancer. He, he, he couldn't wait to get it out. Yeah. Like, was that something on your mind? Like, I, I gotta, hey, we gotta get this done. I was so afraid it was going to spread yeah. um, because my mother had it, liver, lung, colon, she had Hodgkin's, she had everything. And I, I just... I, I, I couldn't, I didn't care about the pain. I, I, I was already over that. You know, I was learning how to meditate and uh, I became spiritual, but not like, you know, giving myself up to God's spiritual, but just taking over my body spirit where I knew I could conquer anything. Uh, there was nothing, you know what I mean? Like there was no pain I couldn't get through just by breathing, concentrating and, Boy, when I woke up with that four-inch incision in my six-pack, and they said, get up, wow. and they don't help you, and then you have to walk a mile around the hospital floor by yourself by just holding that thing. You have to do 16 laps before you're allowed back in bed because wow. um, you have to get the fluid out of your lungs. Sure. You, know, you hug the pillow, you cough, sure. all sure. that. So to kind of arc you towards the, the end of the fight... Um, you know, I became f friends with celebrities and so many people helped me out from corners of the world. I had no idea from um, Nelson Mandela's grandson to Sting to Shaka Khan. Nile Rogers was huge. Wow. Um, Nile Rogers helped me probably the, the most um, from Chic. Oh, freak out. There you go. There I went right go. back in. Little song, um, little song shout out. <laughs> and you know uh, <laughs> um, what ha what. What I ended up getting to win, they gave me what's called BCG, where they injected um, tuberculosis into my bladder over a period of 12 weeks every week. And that's what saved me. It's called immunotherapy. Um, it pumped up my immune system so much, but yet I had all the symptoms of having the disease where I was fatigued, I couldn't sleep, you know, I, I, I had it. It, it was a horrible thing to go through. Um, I couldn't sleep, there was nothing, but um, m months later they went inside me with a camera and they said, your cancer's gone. And they haven't found it since. It's been two years as of last, last month um, that I haven't, they haven't found any cancer inside me. And I preached this BCG, so um, on my Facebook page. Pete, I'm gonna jump in. Oh, we got a commercial coming? Or well, what? you've been given a, an endless amount of time oh, yeah, in I'm your sorry. life. Get to we, the gap. We, are not, we, we do not have an endless amount of time <laughs> uh, here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. But I got to tell you, for you to tell that story is, I mean, it's, it's powerful. Thank you. It's powerful. Thank you very much. We're going we're gonna to come right back, everyone, uh, with Pete 
Connors here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Welcome back to the program, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. It's show number 42. And before we welcome back in today's guest, Pete Connors, a quick recap of the opening segment. We talked about uh, resiliency. We talked about bounce-back ability. And uh, certainly listening to Pete sharing his story today was very emotional, very powerful. We talked about the Jimmy V speech which brought just a tremendous amount of attention to cancer and cancer research and support. Jimmy talked about making sure you laugh every day, you think every day, you're moved to tears with your emotions, happy and sad, and enjoy your life in the precious moments. And uh, I think we, we kind of did all of that today. What was in, his in, big in ending? Minutes. What was his big ending? When he told the guy, forget about it. I ain't nah, got enough he time. said, never give up. Never give up. That's right. Uh, you know what? I missed that. Oh, look at my sister's <laughs> calling me now. Look at that. Hi, Chris. <laughs> um, Pete, we, we, you know, you told an amazing story there. We normally ask this in the uh, last, uh, in the second portion, but we, hey, we, we, you know, you, that story was powerful. Thank but the you. rapid fire, lightning round. Let's go, lightning round. I'm going to ask you the question. You give the quickest answer that you think uh, comes into your head. You got it. Here we go. Favorite instrument to play. Bass guitar. There you go. Five string bass. <laughs> Favorite venue you've played at? Um, uh, 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 um, uh, Secrets down in uh, oh, Ocean City, Ocean Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> Man, if Mr. Lovejoy goes there, I want to know about it. That place is fantastic. Your favorite artist? Um, they're called Biffy Clyro. Ooh. They're from Scotland. They are amazing. They're one of the largest touring bands in the world. Uh, they sell out 120,000, like the Nine Inch Nails opened up for them. That's Mima, how big they are overseas. Mima Grimes, she's Scottish. We'll have to say that. Biffy? Clyro. Clyro. Yeah. Michael Jackson or Frank Sinatra? Oh, Frank Sinatra. Definitely. Ma Madonna or Beyonce? Oh, can I say neither? <laughs> oh, man. If you had to pick one, someone dragged you. Um, I, Madonna, because she wrote her own music. Bob Marley or Kenny Chesney? Bob Marley. Elvis or Johnny Cash? Wow. Oh, that is so tough. Um, Elvis stole from a lot of people, too, but um, I'll go with Johnny Cash. Whitney Houston or Rihanna? Oh, Whitney Houston. Beastie Boys or Eminem? Oh, oh what a killer. Um, You're an 80s boy from Jersey. Well, I, I, I was a skateboarder, so um, that first album, uh, I have to go with Beastie Boys. Last movie you saw? Uh, Annihilation. Hmm. It's on Netflix. It's amazing. It will scare you to death. What, uh, what is iTunes to a music person? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it the evil of all things? Is it the best thing ever? I love it. Um, I don't like maybe the way artists are getting paid. I, ho I know that they're trying to fix that right now, but it knows me. You know how you press a little heart and it says, for you? My my iTunes knows me. <laughs> it's scary. Short short term goal: one to three months. Um, uh, I want to start my voiceover career. That part of my studio, I want to get done uh, before the summer. I like it. Yeah. Five to seven years. Long term goal. Uh, I want to be producing bands, uh, full bands. Uh, I want to be the head man sitting in the chair. Making bands uh, go from nothing to somewhere. <coughs> you could have your own reality show. I, I want the music business back. I want it back to what it used to be. 
Well, hopefully the show is going to get you back, uh, get your name out there, Shabby yeah, it's Studio. It's going to be a hard road, but that's where I want to go. <laughs> next gig with Mr. Lovejoy. Um, I believe next weekend. Um, oh, no. Put, put me on the spot. Um, well, if you go to MrLovejoy.com, uh, all of our shows are there. Okay. Um, every, every weekend is a blur to me because, you know, we're just rolling over shows. Um, we're going to be down the shore at Martell's all, all summer long, um, every Sunday at Nardi's uh, until September. Uh, we play quite often uh, locally um, or in Morristown, New Jersey, um, up right over the border into New York. Uh, we play up there at Rhodes. Um, and the guys without me do a fa fantastic thing on a Thursday night that the ladies love at um, the exchange that is in... Um, There's no joy without Pete Connors up in there. It's, it, it's, it's just Mr. It's, it's it's just called, Mr. Love. It's called The Exchange, and it's with the, the three guys of the band. It's live karaoke. Oh, that's cool. Pick any song you want and go up and sing with the band. That's cool. They're, they're, it's so much fun. That's how I met the guys. You know, I, I that was my audition. <laughs> Pete, we gotta we gotta shut it down here. Um, again, you talked about the Lynch syndrome. Uh, today's your birthday. We're live on uh, Facebook Live. It is uh, Pete's uh, birthday. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to run a, a fundraiser quickly. How can people donate? And uh, just quick about the Lynch uh, syndrome fundraiser you're doing. So uh, Lynch Intermission International. National were the the first of the Lynch syndrome um, entities that came to me and lifted me up and taught me how to deal with w what my future was going to be like. So Susan, that that runs it. I had said for my birthday that I was going to raise five hundred dollars for you know uh, uh, my birthday, and I think we're over seven hundred and forty dollars now, and uh, that's all going to go. To her, uh, she's running a comedy show to raise money. Uh, I think it's this week or next week, and that money's going to help her hire security. And you know, so it's coming at a perfect time. She well, here's a small donation for you, Lynch Syndrome uh, for Pete Connors. Oh, thank from, you so much. She's going to love it. And thank you so much. Absolutely. And Pete, <laughs> I'm going to let you say the quote here uh, to end our show. Uh, you came up with it, and you're doing it right now. Oh yeah. Uh, do I have two seconds to just uh, tell you why? My daughter and I were ziplining in Hawaii on a mile and a half long zipline upside down. And my daughter yelled, Dad, I love you. And I have a picture of that uh. because a camera takes a picture of you as you're zipping away. And it's it used to be at the top of my Facebook page. And I wrote, uh, don't wait until cancer be before you do amazing things. Because that's when you wake up and say, I want to do this. I want to skydive. I want to don't start living life now. You don't need a big disease to, you know, there's so much of earth to explore. There's so much of emotions to explore. Get out there and do it. Don't be tied to your job. <laughs> Pete, you've done a great job. Uh, certainly you've impacted my program with your great music. Thank you. We appreciate you being on. Uh, stay healthy, and uh, you did a great job today. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much. Shabby Both Studios, everyone. You. Pete Connors. Next week on the program, uh, she's going to be here to talk about the play in Port Jervis. She is our director, uh, one of our drama teachers at uh, Port Jervis, Ruth Gordon. Uh, is going to be our guest uh, from Port Jervis High School. Last thing, yeah. yeah you would ask me about the fundraiser. Um, yeah. So being that it ends today on my birthday, um, it, my email address is Peter, M as in Michael, Connors, C-O-N-N-O-R-S, at Gmail. If you send through PayPal, that money will go to Lynn Syndrome International to help fellow members that are battling Lynch syndrome. I didn't get to finish that um, as All far good. as the fundraiser. All good. Send that to Pete Connors. Uh, we're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week. Go out and change the world for the better, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.